Hey, hey, hey everyone, Fraser Brooks here with the Network Marketing Ninja Podcast, episode number 93. Can you believe it? Kind of crazy. So for those of you who've been following the uh, Network Marketing Ninja Podcast for some time, you know a few months ago I set a challenge that if we hit 1,000 ratings and reviews by the time I reach episode 100, I will continue and I'm happy to say that we have done that. So the new goal is for us to hit 2,000 five-star ratings and reviews by the time we get to episode 100. And 50. So, in order to help me, I would massively appreciate it before we kind of get into this. If you could smash the subscribe button, if you could leave me a five star rating and review, and if you could make a post onto your Instagram stories just by screenshotting the podcast right now and then tagging me at Fraser Brooks Online. And then maybe letting people know what you love most about this episode. I would massively appreciate it. Uh, Most weeks I give a subscriber of the week as well. The person I give a shout out to is someone who I've seen make an Instagram story post or a five-star rating and review. uh, And I give them $50 sent directly to their PayPal. So, hey, give you something for nothing kind of thing, right? So, uh, I appreciate it. So, here we go. Today I want to talk to you about like how often should you follow up and how should you follow up. Right, so all things follow-up, we all have heard the fortune is in the follow-up. And if you know me, you know that I I actually promote that the fortune is not in the follow-up, the fortune is in the follow-ups. Right, because it's plural. If you follow up once, you'll most likely lose. There There was a statistic or a saying, I'm not too sure who said it, but that the average person will buy on the seventh or more exposure. Meaning... You say, hey, would you be open? They say, yes. You show them a business presentation. That's exposure one. Then the second one, maybe they come across a business presentation on the internet while scrolling without you knowing. Now, you don't know, but that's now exposure number two. Then the third one is, you know, you follow up with them a few months later and they say, yeah, I'll have another look. And they look for a PDF of the compensation plan. That's three. Number four, they get sent some samples of the product. And inside the product, there is a brochure explaining more about how it works. That's four. And so on and so on until someone goes, you know what, I'm going to do this. It's kind of like... When you go and look for a car, right, or a house, this is what you do. Now, again, different parts of the world might be different, but in the UK where I'm from, obviously I'm living in Dubai now, but in the UK where I'm from, I used to be an estate agent, right? So for those of you who don't know my part, part of my story, is I was so introverted and I had such a fear fear of the phone. Yes, the phone, the thing that goes ring, 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 or it used to go ring, 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 ring. Then it went into like, you know, monotone and a polytone, a polyphonic, uh, polyphonic, a ringtone. And now people just have the, the standard iPhone thing. It's funny how that kind of evolves. Anyway, what I would used to do is people would used to call up the office and they would used to say, hello, do you have any... Um, do you have any three-bedroom semi-detached homes for sale? And I'd be like, yeah, what's your price market, price range? And they'd be like, ooh, about 150 to 200,000, let's go dollars, right? 150 to $200,000. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, we have, actually, we have this really cool one on Montague Road uh, that's 185,000. It's three bedrooms. It's got two en suites and another bathroom. It's quite a big garden. Would you like to go and view? And they say, yes, please. So I would then meet them at the house, they would look around the house, they would be like, they would pretty much make a decision whether they're interested or not in that house. So they kind of go, nah, it's not really for me. But then I expose them to something else and something else and something else and they like the one. And when they find something they like, they go watch it, they go take their parents to it, the second viewing. Then they maybe take a surveyor to it, the third viewing. Then they go and measure up because they want to see the furniture will fit in, fourth viewing. And then maybe they put an offer in. 
Maybe they don't. But the whole point of what I'm saying is most people don't join on the first exposure. Now, you probably know this. So, this question was actually put to me by Annette and busy. Um, if you would like to ask me a question for me to answer on the podcast, all you have to do is go over to my Instagram account. It's at Fraser Brooks Online, and click on the uh, the link that's in my bio. It's a link tree. Uh, it's a link tree uh, link. Uh, and at the bottom of that page that comes up, there's a thing that says "Submit your questions to be answered." If you fill that in, I will do my best to answer them on upcoming podcast episodes. All right. So here we go. How often should you follow up? Well, you should, you should actually follow up as often as you need to. So most people have the fear of rejection and the fear of failure. And the reason why I know that is because I had that exact same fear. And when I started talking about the fears that I had to my team, which was not advised by my mentors, my team started to open up to me. And here's, and I'm going a bit old school here, but the old school philosophy is don't be negative downline, be negative upline. Like, don't moan downline, moan upline. Don't show your team that you're weak. Show your upline your weakness, so to speak, right? So I always held back my fear. I never let my team know what my fears were and what I was afraid of doing because it kind of gave them permission to have the same fears, right, and not do the work that I wasn't doing. And one day I just made a decision. You know what? I've, I've got a fear of rejection. And because I've got this fear of rejection, I'm not following up with people. Because if someone says no to me the first time, it hurts, right? If they say no to me a second time, it hurts even more. But the thought process that's going on in my head is, why do I want to contact the person who's already said no? Because they're pretty much guaranteed to say no again, right? Kind of like when I was growing up, I went to an all-boys school. And in the all-boys school, there were no girls because it was an all-boys school. Uh, It was a very sporty school, very high-end school. It was an amazing school to go to from an education standpoint, but an awful uh, school to go to for, you know, like being streetwise and common sense, really, because you you don't communicate with the opposite sex, right? Um, Bizarre thing, but yeah, just my my point of view from going there. And when I kind of left that school and started, you know, interacting with with girls... um, I would get rejected, right? So I would ask them if they want to go out. They would say no. It hurt. The idea of asking them again, that that just would make me look like an absolute loser. I'd be guaranteed to look like a loser. So I carried that fear of rejection and failure into my network marketing business. The moment that I told my team, listen, guys, I'm going to be completely honest with you here. I have a massive fear with rejection and massive fear of failure, as well as public speaking. But I'm prepared to get over the fear in order to become limitless. As I saying, if you when you when you the, the day you become fearless is the day that you become limitless. Or the day that you are the day that you will live with your fear and it, and you know and um and fight your fear is the day that you'll become limitless, right? So, uh, I told that to them and the messages that the team was sending me, the calls that I was receiving, thank you so much. I've got the exact same fear. I would love to work through it with you. And we then started to do the blitz calls and that's what actually one of the reasons that created the blitz call is because if we all did it together, we could see each other facing our fears together. Like if a group of five of you go skydiving and four of them jump out the plane, chances are the fifth one's going to as well because the fear of not doing it and look, looking like the outcaster is greater than the fear of doing the thing that you were afraid of in the first place. I know it might sound crazy, but that's how you get it done. So the Blitz sessions, for those of you who know my Blitz sessions, they were created to help people get through their fear. So one thing I learned very, very early on is to let other people know what your fears are 
and work together to get over them. And fear of rejection was the hardest one. Again, if someone rejected me once, the idea of me contacting them and saying, hey, I know that you said no last time, but do you wanna have another look? That idea scared the living daylights out of me. And I don't know why I didn't figure this out earlier, but my dad followed up with me 16 times over a four year period before I said yes. 16 times? Imagine if you were to call, contact the same person 16 times, pretty much knowing that they were gonna say no every single time. I bet you wouldn't do it. I bet you wouldn't do it, but my dad did. Because he knew that if he wasn't gonna follow up with me, if he truly believed in the product, the system, and the business opportunity that he has, if he truly believed in it, then wouldn't he be doing his own son a disservice? Wouldn't he be doing other people he knows a disservice by not telling them as often as they need to be told to for them to make a very clear, concise decision? Kind of straightforward and simple, but most people don't think about it that way. So I just kind of started following up more. I started reaching out. So what, what I did, and here's what I would recommend you do. Whenever someone says to you, Whenever someone says, like, let's say you ask the question, hey, would you be open to checking out some more information on a game-changing uh, you know, income system that I've been uh, leveraging? No worries if not, just thought I would ask. If you ask that question and someone says yes, you should never stop following up with them. As soon as someone, it's like if the door is slightly open, you can, you can easily close it, right? At some point, you're gonna be able to close it. If the door is closed and they say, no, you can't close it, it's already closed. But if it's slightly open, if it's a, if it's a hair width of like openness, then you can close it because it's technically open. So it doesn't matter if someone's fully open or a little bit open, you never wanna stop following up with them because they're curious. There's a reason why they're open because something in their life is not where it is or where they want it to be um, in order for them to get excited. So it's very important to know this. So what's now gonna happen is you ask that question and I'm gonna write their name. I'm gonna write Bob Jones. It could be on a piece of paper. It could be on a Google sheet. It could be on, uh, I, I use a, I use a, uh, like a, a notepad called Remarkable, which is like a digital notepad so I don't lose all my pieces of paper. And I'm just gonna make a note. Uh, obviously you can use spreadsheets, Google sheets, whatever. Uh, I obviously have the I Dare You Tracker as well. Again, you can go into my link in my bio on, on Instagram and you can go see all the books that I have available, the trackers I have available, courses, free trainings, all that fun stuff, as well as obviously how to submit a question to the podcast. So I'm gonna write Bob Jones, connected on, what day are we on right now? Monday the 11th of January, right? Monday the 11th of January, he's open. Okay, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna make notes. Like, you know, how, how that conversation goes. And I'm going to put a date that's 90 days after the date that he said he was open, right? Unless I'm able to follow up with him and say like, hey, so what did you like best about the presentation? He comes back and says, oh, you know what? I like the idea of it, but not for me. And then I'll make the note of when he said he was not for me. It was not for me, it's not for me right? So I've got the date of when I first connect and the date that where he says actually no. And that's on the follow-up. 90 days after one of those dates, you can choose. I recommend after the first connection, to be honest. I'm gonna reach out to Bob and I'm gonna say something along the lines of, hey Bob, how's it going? Been a while since we last spoke. Now he might reply, he might not. I'm not, I can't control that. If you notice that you're sending that message out to a lot of people and no one's replying, try changing the message, right? Try changing the message. If everyone's not replying, there's a reason why. Because some people do this in their follow-up message, 
Hey Bob, I noticed it's been a while since we last connected. Last time we spoke, you said no to my opportunity, but since then there's been some great offices and great enhancements, and actually I changed company. <laughs> anyway, wanted to follow up with you, see if you would like to take a second look at this amazing profession. Why would they, if they're not interested or they're not even slightly curious, of course they're not gonna reply. You need to separate the messages to see where the breakdown is. So it's gonna be, hey Bob, how's things? If they reply, but then they don't reply to your, your like, do you wanna have a love a look message, then you know they're not interested in having a look. So, hey Bob, how's things? Yep, doing good mate, how are you? Yeah, real good, Bob. I, I just, it come in my diary that we, that we first connected three months ago. So I just wanted to catch up really and see what's good. Yeah, you know, uh, not much really. Uh, you know, cracking on with work and da 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 da. You know, a bit of back and bit of back and forth. Not much of back and forth. Maybe three or four messages back and forth. Then I'm gonna say, hey Bob, um, as you know, I, I really believe in what I'm doing, and I think you'd be great at it. Hence why I'm reaching out. I'm just curious. Is has anything happened? Has anything changed in your life to to warrant having another look at what we've got going on here? No worries if not. I just thought I would ask. Hey Bob. The reason why I'm reaching out to you, the reason why I'm reaching out to you again is, and I noticed it's been three months since we last spoke, and I would, because I believe in, because I, because I truly believe in what we're doing, and I think you would be amazing at it, I was wondering if anything in your life has changed for you to want, for you to want to have another look at what we've got going on here. Very simple. Very straightforward. You can voice net message it, you can text it. I prefer voice message because you want to get excited. Don't go, hey Bob. Um, things aren't going very well in my network marketing business and as you can probably tell from the sound of my voice, I'm, I'm really depressed at the moment. No, it's gonna be like, hey Bob, uh, yeah, so I just wanted to reach out to you. It may or may not be for you. I know this is the second time of me asking, but I wouldn't be doing, my, I wouldn't be doing um, what I'm here to do if, uh, you know, if, if I didn't do this. Something along those lines, right? And that's all you can do and they say no. So three months after, you do it again. Three months after, you do it again. And, and again, and again, and again, until until it gets to the stage where that person um, basically tells you, listen, I'm never interested, I never will be interested, if you message me again, I'm gonna call the police, right? And then you would just follow up one more time. No, I'm just kidding, you probably would. But anyway, um, so that's what you gotta do. You've got, your job is to get a solid no, never, or a yes, or you know what? I can see that you're crushing it, I can see that you're sticking with it, um, I'll refer you to one of my friends. Because here's what you need to know, guys. Longevity creates credibility. The more someone can see you doing the same thing for, the more credibility you're gonna get. Because a lot of people in network marketing, the reason why, one of the reasons why people don't join network marketing is because they know, hey, I know my friend Dave. He doesn't stick to anything he does. Like last week he said he was gonna play golf and he hasn't, had a, he hasn't played a single round for the last week. Right? Last time he said he, last time we were on a night slot and a, a, a lads night out, he said, "Oh lads, let's let's book a trip to Amsterdam." And we never did. He doesn't do what he says. He never finishes what he starts. He never he never does what he says he's going to do. But if they keep seeing you follow up, follow up, follow up, follow up, follow up, follow up, then they start thinking, "You know what? Maybe there is something here." Now, some people will say, "Ah, oh, yeah, but I missed the boat. I should have joined months ago. Should have joined years ago." Some people will say that, but the right people won't care. They won't let their ego get in their way. They won't, they won't let their ego stop them from making a difference. They won't let their ego stop them from making a fortune. So the solid core follow-ups have to be done by a personal reach out by text or voice message. 
Now, the second form of follow-up is a kind of a secondary, smaller follow-up. It's a subtle follow-up, but it's a social media follow-up. Now, it's not a follow-up in terms of, if you are seeing this post right now, you need to be followed up on. You need to look at this information. No, it's you consistently creating content that shows that you are still doing what you're doing in a way that's not, hello, everybody, I'm involved in company X and I've been with it for da 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 Involve, you make it, make it more like uh, you're giving content and people know that you're involved in a way to make money on social media. So like, hey, 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 you can do a Facebook Live or an Instagram Live. Hey, 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 everyone, Fraser Brooks here coming to you live from Dubai. Today, I'm super excited because I want to share with you how I'm able to, how I've been able to help many people around the world get, um, you know, healthier, fitter, wealthier, whatever, uh, over the last few years. Uh, now, if you're watching this, maybe I've reached out to you personally, maybe a member of my team has, or... Uh, perhaps you, this is the first time you're seeing me, but if you could let me know by commenting new down below, if it's the first time you've ever heard from me or seen me before, I would massively appreciate it. Value, 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 value. Reach out to me if you want some more information. Now people can people who have been followed up with you, people who have been contacted will see, wow, he's still doing what he said he was doing. She's still doing what she said she was gonna be doing. Right, so it's a subtle follow-up. Because again, longevity creates credibility when people can see you're doing the same thing time and time again. The reason why I say they can see you doing the same thing is because I know people in Netto Marketing have been in the same company for 20 plus years and haven't made a single penny. 20 plus years, haven't made a single penny. Because all they do is they just go to the events. They're in the company to take the products and go to the events. They have no interest in making money. No interest in getting other customers. No interest in uh, building a business. So have they got credibility about being in a business for 20 years? If they've made nothing? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they do. Right. So you've got the solid, the solid follow-up. We talked about that every three months. Every three months. Every three months. Right, that's that's every three months when someone has basically not replied to you, um, in terms of like they've seen the presentation uh, and they're ghosting you. The 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 main big follow up is every three months, in my opinion. Right, especially when you've got loads going on. If you do, if you use a follow up every week, every month, it's going to overwhelm you. So every three months is absolutely enough. It's enough time for something big to happen in someone's life, but not too long for it to you've left it way too long. Right, um, the subtle follow ups are the content that you create. Um, the next kind of follow-up is going to be when people ghost you. Like you say, hey, what did you like best about the presentation? And they ignore you. They've seen the message and they ignore you. Be direct. Just reach out to them and say like, hey, I noticed you saw my last message, but you didn't reply. If you could let me know either way, I would massively appreciate it. That's it. That's all you got to say. Now, you might think that's a bit too direct. Well, sometimes, guys, you got it. Sometimes you got it. In the sales game, people will literally say, uh, hey, I know you watched the presentation, or I know you've seen the information, but you haven't given us a yes or no yet, just to let you know there's only three spots left. Just to let you know the price is going up tomorrow. Scarcity and urgency is direct, right? You don't say like, hey, um, just letting you know uh, there's two days left. No, no, it's like, hey, I know you haven't made a decision yet. Um, there's two days to go. If, you, if you're serious about it, let me know either way. I may be able to extend the deadline or not. Right? So you're going to get response from that. The last way. This upsets me. I'm going to take some water here because I feel like I'm going on a rant. This upsets me a lot about network marketing. As a marketer, someone who's grown up around marketing my entire life through network marketing, and then obviously four years ago, have it been four years? Yeah, 
well, pretty much four years ago from now, I started in the online marketing, right? I'm obviously an online marketer now because I market myself online. I don't, I don't build a network, so I'm not a network marketer anymore. I'm an online marketer in the network marketing space. So I market myself online to sell books, courses, trainings, events, uh, consultancy, uh, public speaking, uh, virtual speaking, obviously group coaching, masterminds, trainings, free trainings, content, all that. That's my. That's what I promote. So I've been around marketing my entire life and I know that almost every single presentation that I've seen follows the same format as the offline presentations. Now I'm talking about online versus offline presentations here and it is the same, fun, the, fundamentally it's the same, but there are some very important tweaks that we have to make. For example, if you go to an event, right? Obviously, let's say the COVID thing's in, in, uh, over and there's weekly business presentations on a th- uh, Wednesday night at 8 p.m. at the local Hilton uh, Hilton Hotel. and You go along and there's 15 people there, 25 people there looking for an income opportunity, blah, 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 blah. And the presentation lasts 45 minutes and then you have half an hour of testimonials, say. So the presentation goes on for an hour to an hour and a half. And at the end of the presentation, the presenter goes, please get back to the person who invited you today, get your questions answered, uh, and look to, look at the options to get started. And then everyone's round of applause, woo, yeah, great. Maybe a little bit of music's playing, depending on the size of the event and the professionalism of the event. And then the person who sat next to you, being the, being the person who invited, turns to you and looks at you and says, so, what did you like best about that? Or so, that was awesome, wasn't it? <clears throat> and you look at them dead in the eye and you're like, oh, how do I say no? Um, how, do I, uh, how do I get out of this one? Oh God, uh, how do I quite easily say that no, this is not for me? Um, I don't, no, they'll say like, oh, so tell me about the product or tell me about the compensation plan or you then take them by the hand and you go over to your upline or the presenter and you introduce them to the presenter, you get your questions answered and you are highly likely to join. You're highly likely to join. You know, maybe three out of five people who go to these presentations are going to join. At least one or two out of five will join because they've seen that real people are getting real results in a real environment and they can see, hey, all I've got to do is bring my friends to this presentation and the presentation is going to do the rest of the work for them. So the problem is that the people, uh, the, the, the online presentations have mimicked what's worked online because of the saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, which I am completely in agree with. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But I'm telling you now, the presentations that you use offline are flipping broke online because there's a different kind of pre- like presence and there's a different outcome from it. First and foremost, can you see 20, 30 other people in a room just like you paying attention and excited? No. Now you might be thinking, yeah, but we do it on Zoom. You still can't feel that energy and see that same thing. You just can't. You can see numbers on a screen, but you can't see people's eyes. It's completely different. The second thing is, are you really going to watch an hour and a half presentation online with all the distractions going on? No, you've got to get away from the environment to watch something like that. Hence why, if you go to the, I'll give you an example of this. It's a really good example, I think. If you tonight, if you were tonight to sit down with your husband or your wife or your partner, your fiance, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your kids, whatever it might be, and you were to put a Netflix movie on, and the Netflix movie lasts 137 minutes. How many times in that 
137 minute period, or let's say one and a half minute, sorry, one and a half hour period, how many times do you check your phone? I'll put a little bet on with you, a little friendly bet, no money involved, that you will check your phone at least 10 times. At least 10 times. Or you will be on your phone for combined two minutes. Right? Because it's easy, you get distracted. Now, same movie that you haven't maybe you haven't seen or same length, but you go watch it in the cinema. I bet you'll look at your phone less than 10 times or less than five times. Or maybe you'll be on the phone for less than one or two minutes because you're out of the environment. So here's the point where I'm saying. The presentation online has to be a lot shorter. I'll do another podcast on this one. But the most important thing about this is how you end it. This is how most presentations end with the online versions. Please get back to the person who introduced you to this video to get your questions answered and get started. How many people, honestly, do you think actually reach out and said, hello, Bob, I've watched the presentation and I've been told to reach out to you if I've got any questions. Just to let you know, I'm not interested. Almost no one. So this is what they need to do. This is what needs to be said. And again, I'll do another video on this one. Hey, that's just uh, so, so here's the next thing for you to do, right? Here's the next step for you to do. The person who introduced this introduced you to this video is going to be reaching out to you. But please do me a massive favor. Because it's taken us the time to present the value and them take the time to get you involved in this, they obviously think highly of you to want you to check out the information. So please do them the service and be courteous to let them know either way whether it's for you or not. If it's for you, go get your questions answered. If it's not for you, just say, listen, I'm not interested. Now, are you doing that, by that, the video ending that way, you will start to get more people being honest and direct with you. So you'll start to get more no's than you were getting before, right? Because no, no is better than getting ghosted because you just keep thinking, I wonder if they are interested. Oh, they're definitely going to join. And, and then they're not. They're never going to join, right? But also, it creates the culture of, listen, if you get someone onto the video, you've got to follow up with them. Like, do not leave it to them to follow up with you. Like, if they're interested, I'll wait for them. No. You have to reach out to them, create the culture of following up. The fortune is in the follow-ups, remember guys? So, before I give one last tip, I wanna give a shout out to the subscriber of the week. So this week's subscriber of the week is YCDreamer27, YCDreamer27. It's insane. Five stars, my favorite podcast ever. Fraser, Fraser has given me so much uh, motivation uh, and inspiration whilst I've been listening to his podcast on morning walks. He gives so much value and I'm super grateful for that. Thank you so much, Fraser. Star emoji, fire emoji. Amazing, so massive congratulations, YC Dreamer 27 I love these, uh, these usernames, they're absolutely hilarious. Please message me on Instagram just to let me know that you've won. I'll ask you for your PayPal address and then we will send you the $50. Congratulations. If you want to have the chance of being a subscriber of the week, please hit that subscribe button on the podcast app. Um, leave me a five-star rating and review if you feel like I'm worthy or, mi- or worthy of it. Our mission is to get to 2,000 five-star ratings and reviews by- before we hit episode 150, which should be about six months from now, seven months from now, because I'm doing now one, definitely one, maybe even two podcast episodes every single week. We're aiming for Mondays and Thursdays are our new podcast episode times, just to let you know. Lastly, if you could do me a huge favor, take a screenshot 
of what's on your device right now, whether you're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or any of the other podcast services, post it onto your Instagram stories, tag me at Fraser Brooks online and just write what value you got or some maybe if I was to if I was to if someone was to see your story why would they want to listen to the podcast I massively appreciate it for those of those posts that I actually see I will make sure I give a love heart I might repost some of them I might engage with some of you uh, I'll do my absolute best for that so I appreciate you guys tune in uh, next week on Monday for the net for another episode but also Thursdays potentially for another episode as well but I appreciate you big love to every single one of you and I'll see you on the next episode bye bye